Lord dropped in my heart a word uh, this week, uh, and that is how to discern the Lord's body. And the word discern means to see, to comprehend, and to understand, and to perceive, to distinguish the Lord's body. This morning we're going to be talking about the physical body of the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, in verse 23, notice with me, The Apostle Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as you do in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh condemnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Let me ask you something. Is it important to discern the Lord's body? It absolutely is. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many die even prematurely. You may be seated. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts this morning. May we be edified and built up through the teaching and preaching of your word by the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now notice, he says, we are not to approach the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Now, you who are blood-bought, born-again believers, you are not unworthy. I thought maybe I'd get a little bit. Well, let's say it like this. Let's try it this way. You who have been justified by Jesus are right in God's sight. You once were an old sinner... But now you receive Christ and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so you're not unworthy. But it is possible to receive communion and to do communion in a wrong way or in a way that is not worthy of the Lord or in an unworthy manner. Now, if you would look at the history of this specific chapter, you would discover that what they did is they separated the rich from the poor, they would have a love feast, and then they would celebrate the Lord's table. And during that love feast, the rich ate all the best of the food, and they ate most of the food, and the poor just ate little meager amounts of food. And so, of course, this was grieving to the Apostle Paul. And he said, when you come to the table of the Lord, don't do it in that manner because that is an unworthy manner and it grieves the Holy Spirit and it's not the way to do communion. Okay? Well, we don't have that problem today per se. There are no love feasts out in the foyer. 
And there's no distinction between class. For we are all in one Christ Jesus. We are all new creations in Him. Amen? Amen. There's neither white or brown, yellow or red. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. But I think what happens in the body of Christ today that would qualify us to eat and to partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy fashion would be having a K-sera-sera attitude and not really discerning the physical body of the Lord in that His body was literally broken for you. His body was so broken for you and for me so that we could have such great wholeness in our lives today. It is not the will of God for us to walk around broken up in life. Now I realize that some people experience broken hearts. Other people, certain parts of their body are broke. They're not functioning the way that they'd like it to function. But I believe today we're going to be able to discern in a greater way the Lord's body. And before that you leave this place this morning, you will begin to rejoice over the wholeness that Christ has made available to you. He says many, not just a few, but he says many, many, many people are weak and sickly among us. And many even die prematurely because they don't discern the Lord's body. This morning we'll talk about the physical body, but did you know that there is also an application in the Scripture that we need to discern the spiritual body of Christ? And basically what that means is that we are all one in Christ and that the body of Christ universal is one and we are to discern our other brothers and sisters and walk in love toward them. Amen. And that's an entirely different subject that I perceive that the Lord wants to say and to do this morning. But let's talk about this for a while before we receive communion. Discerning the Lord's body. To understand to distinguish, to discover in His great plan of redemption how that He became what we were and He took what we had and He took it upon Himself on Calvary and He became sin, sickness, poor for you and for me that we might be righteous, healed, and even wealthy. It is the will of God and it is the plan of God. Everyone smiles big now. Amen. Amen. You see, he brought them forth with silver and gold. There was not one feeble among their tribes. The scripture says he brought them forth with joy and with gladness. Well, some of you are going to come out today. Some of you are going to be brought out. So get a big smile on your face in expectation. The Lord will do great things for me in this service today. Amen. So see it, perceive it, understand it, not with your reasoning faculties, but with your spirit. God wants you and I to see some truths down in our heart that perhaps we've never seen before. And I'm saying that we can look at scripture year after year after year, but all of a sudden, one day, the lights are turned on. Now, words paint pictures, do they not? You've heard in the natural realm, word pictures. 
What I'm doing today is I'm painting a word picture of your wholeness. During the course of this message, you should begin to see yourself whole. And to see yourself healed. With nothing, nothing missing and nothing broken. So words then paint pictures. The word of God paints a picture. As you hear the word, the word projects a picture and an image of what you are hearing on the inside of your heart and your mind. See, the Holy Spirit's an artist. And the Holy Spirit will take the oil of God's word and he'll paint a picture of your healing on the canvas of your heart. And so God wants us to see that. He wants us to perceive that. And not be so quick to get in every prayer line. And not be so quick to run over here and run over there. Really looking unto a man for our healing. But spending time in the word shop. And let the photosynthesis of the word of God. Whoo, glory to God. Project a bright picture of our redemption in our lives. I don't even know if photosynthesis had to do with it, but I'm trying to help you along. And here's one of the reasons why people struggle with healing so much. And there's no, not to be any condemnation. We've all stood. Some of us are standing. Amen? Just because what you have stood for and are standing on hasn't manifested yet doesn't mean you don't have it. You cannot tell what a person has by looking on the outside. You got to know what a person has by looking on the inside. Amen? So take heart. Don't lose hope. But keep working with this word and let this word paint a picture and get it on the inside of you. I want to encourage you today, this morning, to get the picture of your healing deep down on the inside of your heart. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I'm healed and I'm whole. You may need it tomorrow. Don't wait till you need healing to go to the word shop of healing. Don't wait until something happens to your body to become familiar with healing scriptures. Become familiar with healing scriptures today. Deposit them in your heart today so that when tomorrow comes, you won't be in an emergency situation. You'll just be able to, out of the abundance of what you have in your heart, begin to flow in divine life and divine healing. Now, I think one of the most tragic things about Christians is is they wait for emergencies to utilize their faith. And how many of you know that God's a good God? And He's there with us at all times. And He'll meet us in our midnight hour. He will meet us in our time of emergencies. But that is not the plan of God for you and I. Just to use our faith when trouble comes. You see, I discovered a scripture in the Word of God that the just shall live by faith. That means you live by faith on a good day. That means you live by trust and you live by faith on a mediocre day. 
That means you live by, you trust by, you walk by, you talk by, you hear by, you see by faith every day of your life. Friends, we should be using our faith every day. It is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Not in the sense that faith goes away, but faith lies dormant. Every person who has ever worked out knows this. If you want your biceps to be built up, you've got to do something with your body. You've got to do some curls. If you want your heart muscle to be strengthened, it's important for you to do some sort of aerobic exercise. It has to do with development. And so it is with faith. If you want your faith to be strong and ready to be used when you need it, develop it. Use it day by day. Say it with me. The just. And I am one of the just. The just shall live by faith. Well, Pastor Mark, I, you know, I, I love this church and I love you and Pastor Brendan and staff. And I love all the things that are going on in this church. But quite frankly, I just don't see it. There's nothing wrong with not seeing it. As a matter of fact, it's good to be honest. I think we make a mistake pretending we see things that we haven't seen yet. And pretending to be at some place spiritually, if you will, that we're not. I think it's important that we be honest and we take an honest evaluation of where we are in our life of faith. Amen? I, well, Pastor, you know, I, I don't see it. I grew up a different way. I love this church. But, but I don't see that the Lord's body was broken for me. I got a word for you. Keep looking. Keep looking. Keep studying. Keep letting this word dwell in you richly. And I'll guarantee you something will happen on the inside of you. You will get a clear picture of your redemption down here. And when the lights come on down here, it doesn't matter what's going on out here. Because what's down here overcomes what's out here if you will live and walk by faith. Amen. So, notice with me now, if you would, I want to look at a couple uh, scriptures. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. And notice with me in verse 15. Matthew, the 13th chapter, and the 15th verse. So, we're working on a picture, right? We're getting, we're getting healing down on the inside of us. Now, notice with me in Matthew, the 13th chapter... And I'll get over there myself. I know it's up there, but I want to I wanna let my eyes rest on the word. In Matthew 13, and in verse 15, he says, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. Now, when Jesus is talking about ears are dull of hearing, and people have wax in their ears, he's not talking about their natural ears. He's talking about their spiritual ears. Amen. You know, over and over again in the Word of God, you see, he that has ears to what? Hear. He that is, has ears to hear, let him hear. He that has eyes to see, let him see. So he said, what has happened here is that people's heart is wax gross, and their all eyes are dull of hearing, and their eyes have, they have closed, lest at any time. 
Say this with me anytime. anytime. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes. See. Lest at any time they should discern with their eyes. They should perceive with their spiritual eyes, not their natural eyes. And that they should hear with their ears, their spiritual ears. And should, notice, understand with what? Understand where? Understand with your brain? Understand with your reasoning? No, understand with your heart. Understanding and perception and discernment and discerning the Lord's body will do us no good if it's just up here. It's got to be down here. That's where your truster is. And he says, look, he says, if you will see with your eyes and hear with your ears and understand with your heart and should be what? And should be converted. Now help me along a little bit today. What does the word converted mean? The word converted means changed. Now, when our eyes are open and our ears are open, there's going to be a conversion that takes place somewhere, somehow in my life. Now, let me remind you of a couple of scriptures as you keep that up there. He said that the law of the Lord or the word of God is perfect. And the word of God converts or it changes the soul. Amen. In Romans 12, 2, he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind is the conversion. It is the saving of your soul. Amen. See, before you were born again, you thought wrong. Before I was born again, I not only thought wrong, but I talked wrong. And not only did I think wrong and talk wrong, but I acted wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, he was just wrong. <laughs> Look at your another, other neighbor and say, I hope you're not wrong. <laughs> did you know that you can be right in his sight and wrong in your thinking? Even as a Christian, you can have stinking thinking. Stinking thinking is not according to the word of God. It is according to the world system. But oh, when your eyes are open and your ears are open and all the wax is removed and understanding comes to your heart, it will change the way you think. It'll change the way you believe. It'll change your physical body. It will convert your soul. I think... One of the greatest needs in the body of Christ today is soul conversion. Notice I didn't say spirit conversion. Spirit conversion is something different. Being born again is having your spirit brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. But soul conversion is getting your mind, your will, and your emotions renewed with the word of God. And I think that one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ is to learn to think the thoughts of God. 
Learn to think the way that God thinks. And when we do start thinking the way that God thinks, things begin to change in our lives. You know what? I would like to think that I'm changing every day. And not changing for the worse, but changing for the better. I would like to believe that you are being changed even right now by the word. I'd like to believe that our church as a whole is being changed. And that we are becoming more like him every day. And that we are, as a result of beholding him, becoming just like him. Discerning the Lord's body is beholding what Christ has done for us and getting it firmly planted in our hearts to where all of a sudden we begin to see it and we have an image of us coming out of arthritis. We have an image of us coming out of diabetes. We have an image on the inside of us coming out of those stinking migraine headaches. Could anybody use to come out and come up away from migraines? Well, listen, it is possible because all things are possible to him that believeth. But this does not just happen automatically by just grabbing a promise out of the promise box every other week. See, what you are getting this morning, I would like to believe, is good word. What you are getting today, I believe, is anointed word. But let me tell you something. What you're getting this morning should be in comparison to what you're getting Monday through Saturday like a thimbleful. I cannot live by what I get on Sunday morning only. You see, every day, God has got fresh manna for you and for me. And the manna of God's word, it will change your life. Be changed today in the name of Jesus. So if there's things that you don't see that you'd like to see, don't get under condemnation. Just keep looking. And keep focusing. And keep working with this word. Turn me to Psalms 119. And look with me at 130. Smile real big. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. For the Lord is so good to us. And His mercy endures forever. Psalm 119, verse 130. Uh, I like how the King James says it. He says, the entrance of His words, they give what? They give light. When I allow and you allow the word to enter into our heart, guess what happens? It gives light. And what takes place is the darkness that was once there is removed by the light that enters. Say with me, the entrance of his word. It gives me light. Now it's difficult to see when things are dark. Now yesterday we were working on the outside and... And uh, I normally, you know, don't come to work days, but I did yesterday and I had the rake going and, 
And I, I was like a gopher yesterday. The chainsaw broke down, so I went down to Lewis Rentals and, and rented two chainsaws. Amen. And uh, Pastor Tom was working one of the chainsaws, and it wasn't working. So I ran back in my car to Lewis Rentals and, and got a, 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 another chainsaw, and I brought it back. And I was looking for Pastor Tom. I didn't see him on the grounds, and I was looking upstairs, and someone said he was in the sanctuary. And I looked through that window back there in the door, and it was completely dark. Well, if Pastor Tom had been in here, and he wasn't, I wouldn't be able to see him. Now, why is that? Because it was dark. You know that a lot of Christians can't seem to receive their healing because there's too much darkness. They can't seem to walk in divine prosperity because there's too much darkness. They can't seem to, to, to overcome certain things because there's, there's too much darkness. That's no condemnation. No condemnation at all. To overcome darkness, all you got to do is turn the lights on. Now, when they got here this morning, it was dark in here. And so at about 8, 8 a.m., they turned the light on. And the lights came on and they were able to see. And that's what needs to happen in our lives, in my life, in your life. The lights need to go on so that we can see. And it is not the entrance of religion that will give you light. It's not, the, it's not even the, the, the entrance of your pre- favorite preacher that will give you light. But it is the entrance of His Word that gives light. It's the entrance of His Word that removes the darkness and turns on the light to where you can start seeing things you've never seen before. You can start having things you've never had before. You can start being who God has called you to be. It is the entrance of His Word that will change your life. It is the entrance of His Word that will heal your body. He sent His Word and His Word healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent His Word. And the Word is no respecter of persons. The same Word that Pastor Nancy reads in Isaiah 53, which says He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed, is the same word that Tony receives. The word is no respecter of persons. But God is a respecter of your faith. And so it's the entrance of his word. It's going to give you something. It's going to give you light. Secondly, here's the word giveth. It gives you two things. It gives you light. But it also, when it enters into our heart, it gives us understanding. Everyone say understanding. And that word understanding is the same way of saying it gives you discernment. It helps you to see. It gives understanding. I don't know about you, but I qualify under the simple. You don't have to have a fifth grade education to walk in divine health. You don't have to have a high school diploma to have his light and his life and his understanding overtake your life. Amen. Now, I'm not preaching against education and I'm not preaching having no education. But I think what has happened is we've educated our mind and our bodies at the expense of our spirits. 
You know, some of these college loans are pretty expensive. Have you discovered that? I'm still paying John's off to the tune of $225 a month. I called them the other day and I said, how long is this going to be for? They said, 2030. I said, Jesus, I'm going to be 80. (laughs) 82 stinking years, 82 years old before I pay that college bill off. Are you kidding me? All of that interest? No, I'm paying that baby off soon and very soon in Jesus' name. How many have been paying college bills for the last 80 years? Thank God for geniuses who get a free ride. Hallelujah. It costs a lot of money to go to college. You get a son or a daughter at Stanford without a free ride, it costs you mega bucks. You ain't never going to pay that thing off without light, without understanding. Come on, somebody, that it's the will of God for you to be free of debt. But my point is this. And thank God for the great colleges, the great universities. Thank God for educated men and women. But some have educated their mind at the expense of their spirit. They've spent so much time educating their mind and building up their body. And if you look at their spirit, it's a little runt. It's just this little itty bitty. Couldn't press five pounds in the spirit. But out there benching 500. Shondar. Yet in their spirit, they're weaklings. That should not be so. I believe that you and I ought to be the sharpest, the brightest, the quickest, the richest, the healthiest, the lovingest, the most blessed people in the whole earth. This this word will make you what you ought to be. This word will take you anywhere you need to go. This word will cause you to triumph over everything that this world has to offer. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So pursue your education. Pursue a strong body. Pursue your doctor's degree. Pursue being the president of the United States. Whatever. Pursue it. But don't put it first over pursuing God and putting God first place in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. His way of being and doing right. And all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, and I don't mean to be a wise guy, but I love you. But if you would spend, some of you would spend equal time in the Word as you do in television, you'd be a spiritual whiz. You can know all the averages of the baseball players. You can know LeBron's averages from A to Z, how many rebounds. You know, you can know the slugging percentages. You can know the stock market left to right. You can know a lot. But do you know scriptures? Do you know himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses? Do you know by his stripes you were healed? Do you know my God supplies all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? I'm not talking about knowing it here. I'm talking about discerning it and seeing it and having it on the inside. Do you know where to find the scriptures when you need them? 
It's not what Brother Richardson knows that'll set you free. It's not what Pastor Brenda knows that'll set you free. It's what you know for yourself. And that's why this is a word church and a Holy Ghost church. I'm encouraging you to take large dosages of the word of God. Because there's life in it. There's health in it. You know what else? There's joy in it. I said, there's, come on, there's some joy up in this word. There's some joy up in this word. And when you get this joy that's up in this word, up in you, there's some joy in you. Jesus said, the words that I have spoken unto you, I have done so, so that my joy might remain in you. Oh, hallelujah. A man or a woman will have great joy in their lives when they put him first. And when they answer life's problems and situations and circumstances with the word of God. So it is the entrance of his word that gives light. And it is the entrance of his word that gives understanding unto the simple. Not only in the area of discerning the Lord's body for your healing, but you can get understanding how to be an awesome husband. You can get understanding from this word how to make wise investments. I love this translation of... uh, Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The teaching of your word gives light. The teaching of your word. So you're being taught the word, right? And it's giving light and it's giving understanding. The God's Word translation says, Your word is a doorway that lets in the light. It's a doorway. Every time you come to church, you're opening the door. When you open the Bible for your devotions, you're opening the door. And you're saying, light, come on in. Come on in. The Amplified says it this way. The entrance, everyone say the entrance. So there's got to be an entrance point, right? Okay. The entrance of the, and the unfolding of your words gives light. The Holy Spirit lives in you and He will unfold it for you. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. Now, go over to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, Amplified Version. This is my prayer for you today. I desire for Heart of the Bay to be the healthiest church in the Bay Area. I really do. And if that's going to happen, faith's got to come. And for faith to come, it's got to be heard. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If the entrance of His Word gives light, the departure of His Word brings darkness into our life. That's why we're going to hear the Word continuously. And here's what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And this is what happens the more you work with the word. He says, may the eyes of your heart be flooded with light so that you can know and understand 
the hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. Yes, his set apart ones. Now listen, it is part of your inheritance to be whole. It is part of your inheritance for that broken heart to be made whole again. It's your part of his inheritance. Now look over at Proverbs chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 20 through 22. Everyone shout, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here's how to discern the Lord's body. It's an easy thing to do, but it's something that must be done on a daily basis. So you take this word, as the proverb says, and you attend to it. You put his word first place. And then you position yourself to hear what he's saying. There must be an inclination of your ears to hear. He that hath ears to hear. Then he goes on to say, Let them, my words, not depart from before thine eyes. Listen, if I will not, if you will not allow his words to depart from before your eyes, sooner or later, you're going to see the picture of your health and healing on the inside. You're bound to see yourself healed. Notice with me, keep them, my words, where? Let's read it like we mean it, like we're awake. Keep them, my words, in the midst, in the midst of what? In the midst of your heart. That's where your believer is. Now notice the payoff. For they, my words, which you've allowed to enter in, which are light and which are understanding, my words are also life. Everyone say life. Life. My words are life unto those that casually read it now and then. No, my words are life to those that what? And what else? And my words are health. They're healing to your entire body. Now there was a day where the children of Israel murmured against the Lord. They did that very well. And as a result of them murmuring against the Lord, it really displeased God. How many of you know murmuring displeases the Lord? An unthankful attitude displeases Him. So as a result of their murmuring, the Bible says that there were fiery serpents that went throughout the camp. Now fiery serpents are a type of devils, demons, and evil spirits. So which tells me is that murmuring, murmuring attracts devils. Well, they were bitten and they were, many of them died. And Moses went to the Lord and he said, what am I going to do about this? Look with me at Numbers chapter 21. And I want you to notice in verse 8 and verse 9. Numbers chapter 21. It is important what you look at. It is important what you gaze upon. That's why the Bible says, looking away from everything that would distract us unto Jesus. Verse 8, read it with me. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall what? When he looks at it, shall what? He shall live. Verse 9. 
And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of the brass, what did he do? Now, what if Moses hadn't done that? They would have all died. Now, it's very significant that the Bible says that put a serpent on a pole. And when you look at that, you will live. It was their part. It was their obedience. Now, let me remind you of something that Jesus said or that John said about Jesus. In John, I believe, uh, well, let's look at it. We're just about done here today. John chapter 3, and I believe it's verse 14. Look at this with me. In John chapter 3, and I believe it's verse 14. Look at this. Ready, read. Go ahead. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Interesting, huh? Just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and everyone that looked would live. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. Let me ask you a question today. Was he lifted up? And the Bible says when he was lifted up, he became sin for us. He became full of disease for us. He became cursed for us. He took on everything that that old serpent, the devil, had to offer mankind. He took it upon himself. You need to discern that. You need to see that. Because just as Moses lifted it up in the wilderness, Jesus has been lifted up for us. And when we look unto Jesus from everything that will distract us in this life, you too can live. You too can participate in the wholeness that he's made available to you. Looking away from the distractions. There's so many of them, aren't there? Sickness and disease is a distraction. Let's be honest about it. I've stood against sickness and disease. You've stood against sickness and disease. And there's one thing that those symptoms do. Those symptoms cry out for your attention. Do they not? And God would never tell us to look away from those things that distract our faith if we couldn't do it. Did you know that you were born to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. You were not born to be overcome. You were born to overcome. There's a difference. In 1 John 5, 4, he said, Whatsoever is born of God, it overcomes the world. Now, this world is going to attempt to overcome you. But when you're born of God... You got the fighter on the inside of you. You got the one who raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of you. You got the healer. You got the quickener. You got the strengthener. You got the counselor, the comforter living in you. He's there. And he's not there hitchhiking a ride through life. He's there to put you over. 
when so many things in life are trying to put you under, the undertaker's coming. But the overcomer lives in you. And so my encouragement to you this morning is if you don't see it in your heart, work with this word and let it dwell in you richly until you get that image on the inside of you. And when you do, you'll be able to sing and shout, He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice. For he has made me glad. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak to the broken areas of people's lives right now. And, Father, I'm asking you to cause your wholeness, to cause your anointing to minister to your folks today. Lord God, I come against anything that would come against the people of God in the area of physical infirmity. And we declare your health your healing, and your strength today in the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Let's stand up, everybody. Let's lift our voice up and thank Him. Say this with me, Christ. You purchased my freedom. You redeemed me from the curse of the law. You were broken that I may be, would be made whole. Of your fullness and of your wholeness do I receive today. I believe that I receive a full picture on the inside of me of my redemption. I know this day that my Redeemer lives. I'm calling every organ every tissue of my body healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Mountain, you've been talking loud enough. You've been talking long enough. Now hear my voice. Hear the voice of faith. Hear the spirit of faith. Sickness and disease, go from me. Leave my body now. In the name of Jesus. Pancreas, I'm talking to you. Be whole. Blood, be clean. Body, be whole. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Lift both hands up and thank Him. Thank Him that His Word is working in you today. Hallelujah. Oh, glory.